right, we are live. Good day, my crypto friends. It's a pleasure to see you today. Again, we're talking with an EOS block producer. We're talking today with Roman Skaskew from Crypto Lions. We're gonna start off with some information on exactly what Crypto Lions is doing, big things as a block producer. And then a little bit later, we're gonna get into Roman himself because he's a really interesting guy. He's done um, three deployments in Afghanistan. He's written books the way back. He actually was one of the first people who was doing something like taking um, Bitcoin uh, shares essentially of his book and trying to launch it um, to the public. And then it sounds like the exchange ended up um, failing him and he uh, from the good of his own heart basically gave the funds back to all the people when uh, a lot of the people that were doing that at the time just were able to keep the funds and uh, Roman didn't do that so that's cool uh, just testament to his character so we're gonna get on into crypto lions first for you guys and then later we're gonna go back to and you can hear some really cool interesting stories about Roman himself so um, Roman welcome to the show man it's great to see you Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I love your channel. Uh, and when you wrote to me on Telegram, we were exactly talking, me and Bogdan, my co-founder, we were exactly saying, you know, we kind of overlooked this marketing thing. Yeah, and then we saw Bring from Telegram and Happy Money Man. Hey, well, you want to come on our show? Yeah, well, great timing. Great timing. Yeah, I think it's it's starting to set in a little bit for the block producers and the EOS community as a whole that there's going to be um, like the getting your message out almost like campaigning is a necessity and coming from the coding end like you guys are and the development end and just getting into the the heart of what's actually building EOS it's really over easy to overlook that but uh, now all of a sudden with um, you know you guys have the EOS network monitor I think I see behind you that shows the ranking of the uh, Yep. <laughs> of the, of the uh, block producers all of a sudden it becomes very clear that oh wow this is there's going to be another you know another section to this um yeah it's it's, it's an interesting concept so uh but like i said you guys have been doing a lot of the uh grunt work on the on the ground level here and haven't been focusing on marketing so tell tell us um what do you think the kind of main thing that, that you as a team crypto lines has added to the bp community at this point and to eos in general well, number one is definitely the jungle testnet. It's become less important in probably this week or maybe last week it became less important because all the focus shifted on the launch. But for a while there, it was like, it was the place where a new version of Dawn or a new, you know, Dawn 2, Dawn 3 came out and everybody was in jungle, uh, like sort of figuring out how the code worked. and. And really what made it great was not not us, but the community that sort of rallied around the jungle test net. It was some real, real all-star people and we've preserved it. We got a, we got eventually core devs involved and on their suggestion, we set up this really hardcore system called Greylock running on three different servers to constantly collect logs from all the block producers connected to the jungle and make the logs available to the devs for debugging. So it, it was awesome. In fact, in this three month period since March until now, or three and a half month, like the kind of like the fun, the most fun time for me so far was when a new release would come out on Jungle and Bogdan and everyone else would just pick it apart and figuring out how it works and write sort of wrapper scripts to make it easy. And it sort of gave us the opportunity to meet so many people because for many people that was like their entry point into into EOS, they would learn how it works on jungle and then move on to do bigger and better things. 
And I want to give out a shout out to our great friend, Eric from Sweden, who had the first uh, test net. He had the superhero test net. Uh, we were never competitors. He was an active part of Jungle as well. And he sort of moved on to a launch group and left the, the test net niche to, to us. And we were, we were proud to, to take that niche. Yeah, that's a, and that is that really can't be overstated because there was so much work that went in prior to EOS actually launching or prior to getting to where it is now with the the different Dawn releases and then for those of you who don't know what a testnet is, I'm sure most people do, but to dumb it down a little bit, it's basically where uh, all of the all of the um, BPs like Crypto Lions are coming together in a community and running a EOS as if it were running live, but actually testing. Uh, doing the validating the blocks and trying to poke holes in it so that now that we're going live, hopefully, with, um, you know, all that work you guys put it on the front end is, is big. And um, there, yeah. Yeah. there's a game on the EOS on the jungle test net. Somebody made a game still at the end of, uh, at the end of May, it was already working kind of like crypto kitties, but you could have monsters. So we're going to keep the jungle ecosystem alive and hopefully it'll be an onboarding place, not just for people who want to be BPs, but also for DAP developers. Oh, that's that's a great uh, that's a great point. So that's one of the things you guys are adding. I didn't even think of that because there's still a use case for a testnet because DAP developers want somewhere to go to go poke holes in their projects. I guess, huh? Yeah, we had a recruiting call yesterday for uh, assistant administrators, and like within two minutes, as soon as Booked on asked, uh, people from the community volunteered. Uh, again, the strength of jungle is the community that gathered there. It's not not necessarily us, but like right away we had a few volunteers. So now there are four gigantic whales with jungle EOS tokens. And if any DAP developer wants to try out their their DAP, they can appeal to one of the whales and they'll drop a bunch of jungle EOS tokens on you. Oh, that's great! How cool! How cool! I I never even thought of that aspect of this. That's 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 interesting. Um, well, that that was a huge project, and um, so again, you guys have been kind of running this project in the background. Um, and the jungle test net is where everyone's banded around, and it's something that sounds like it'll probably be used really far into the future too. So that's that's a that's a great tool. Um, there will be there will be other test nets springing up, and and we're only for that, uh, especially like. Um, like a, a kind of a secretive test net because there might be some updates to the code that require a little bit of secrety if, if they're patching a vulnerability, for example. So we do expect other test nets uh, and it's such a big ecosystem. Like there's so many little niches and sub niches that need to be filled. Yeah. So that's happening too. Absolutely. Let me, uh, let me shut this window real quick. Our smaller initiatives, our smaller initiatives are uh, this cool uh, uh, network monitor, which is getting bigger and bigger. I, I think it'll outgrow the name of network monitor into Block Explorer, Account Explorer. It already has some of those features as of today. Um, and uh, we also, as sort of the easternmost European block producer, at least the easternmost prominent European block producer, we're doing a translation project. We've translated dozens of articles into Russian, and we have hope to expand to other languages, Ukrainian, maybe Polish, unless somebody else starts doing that. 
Romanian, maybe Turkish, Ukrainian, of course. Yeah, that's great. What do you think, um, what do you, th what tools do you think need to be built right now? What do you think a great tool that a block producer can add to the ecosystem? Not you guys have your hands full currently, but what, what tools are missing out there right now? Um, well, we're, we're actually already working on one for uh, performance bonds, although that may also come from block one. It's not clear. Mm -hmm. So a performance bond is something that we want ourselves. We're going to have income every month. We want to take, I don't know what percent of that income, 15, 20, it depends how much we make, but we want to take a chunk of that income and just freeze it maybe for six months as a guarantee to the community and then promise that if we misbehave, you can take away this uh, income that we've frozen in a performance bond. So, oh, wow. So that's an interesting idea. Basically, you are, you're almost like you're vesting some of your, some of your payment uh, guaranteeing like, that you're going to perform in the future. Is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the best word for it is performance bond, though I've heard other words as well. Um, this has been talked about a lot from Thomas Cox, the VP of product. Uh, I don't see it yet, and we want to start doing something like this right away. And you know what else? I think in general, one of the ways that EOS is going to change the world, I think performance bonds will be sort of as common an institution for our children and grandchildren as, say, insurance is for us. Yeah. Like it, might, it might even be on the level like you're making a promise to your best friend or to your girlfriend or something like that and say, you know what, I'm not just making this promise, I'm gonna lock up some real money uh, to ensure this promise. I think that that'll be an institution that, that makes the world better. And there's nothing stopping that from happening. Yeah, that's a huge idea. I mean, the implications of that idea are just amazing because what that's doing is it's putting skin in the game for some things that we don't necessarily have a way to really logically put skin in the game. You know, you can make these promises, but the only hold to that promise sometimes is, is your social value or your interpersonal relationship with someone where as uh, adding another vector to that is a, right. is quite a concept. And as the world gets smaller and the number of people you interact with goes up, like it's hard to keep track of social value. It's hard to keep yeah. track of reputation. So having this, this system, it just lets us cooperate with each other and make guarantees to each other in ways that we never could before. Um, so the performance bond thing is definitely an opportunity. It's definitely happening. Uh, I thought about focusing on the sub niche of just truth telling and making a, we've discussed this with DAP developers, though it's still in the design stage. Uh, just do the sub niche of telling the truth. And that could be the, a tool for say, journalists who are a little bit renegades. They want to call attention to, or whistleblowers whistleblowers have a hard time getting credibility. So if they or somebody who supports them uh, wants to take out a truth bond, they could post a bunch of money that says, I guarantee what this journalist is saying is true. And if you want to prove it wrong, you'll win all this money. Hmm. So that's another institution that, that can really change the world. And that's, if it's not covered in the, in the performance bonds, which somebody is going to build, although maybe that somebody is someone listening to this, mm -hmm. uh, but if it's not covered in the performance bonds, uh, Crypto Alliance will probably focus on the sub niche of truth telling bonds. 
Wow, that's that's quite an idea. Um, Imagine politicians. Politicians won't do it right away because they're so risk averse. Mm -hmm. But let's say if truth telling bonds become a standard in journalism, politicians might start getting pressured to guarantee their promises to the world. How would how would that change society? Yeah, that, I mean, that would change everything. There's that's there's this there's this bigger concept of um, of of the community, our, our small community kind of growing bigger or global because when we interact and we have this, um, you know, 10,000 years ago, we're, we're just very tribal communities and we can interact with 30 people in the, and the benefit to interacting with a small group is, you know, um, everyone in that group, how they're going to act. And they're in some ways held accountable for their actions. Um, and there's consequences, but, uh, so that's why that, that number needs to stay part of the reason that number needs needed to stay small for so long, but with something like EOS and something like truth bonds, uh, all of a sudden we can have that same small community, but, but reach it out, reach the, um, the parts of it out globally. So someone, someone in Australia could be like my neighbor that I take pie to. We can have the same type of social interactions because of the, the trust and the authenticity and the kind of the, basically smart contracts that are going to, they're going to enable these social interactions to to reach everywhere. So um, I haven't heard of truth bonds yet. And that's such a cool idea. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys run with that. Yeah, we, we probably will. If you look in the gov chats, I was always talking about how we need a definition of truth. Like nobody was listening to me. I was like, all right, (laughs) we'll, we'll do this if no one else does. We have another small project, which if you don't mind, I'll, I'll tell you about. It's, it's kind of not, it's not as sexy, but it's, I think it's really neat. Um, and, the, and it solves a problem that we, the EOS community has faced. And it's just, how do you choose someone at random? There was a proposal which never saw fruition, but there was a proposal to let anybody who wants to launch the chain and then do a random selection. Uh, after that, the groups kind of got together, and the only random selection was a random selection of the Genesis block producer, who's the only one producing blocks right now. That'll change oh, soon. That's why that is, actually. Okay. I was wondering yeah, yeah. what that was all about. Yeah, the monitor will get a lot more interesting once we reach 15%, and then all the 21 will start producing. But right now, it's just the, the anonymous Genesis block producer. But anyway, we wanted to do a random selection on-chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it was chosen was they just picked a few trusted members of the community and they, they chose it in a way that only one of them actually even knew who the person was. So very easy. Uh, but we're doing on-chain random where you could do a random selection and it'll be verified on a blockchain. It's a simple idea, but it's got so many use cases. Like the, the website random.org, mm-hmm. uh, which many people criticize for not being truly random, mm-hmm. it's like the same thing. And it's, it's fairly popular because it just fulfills this simple function. So that, that's one of the, this project is already in development, on-chain random. That's it. So how do you, how do you actually make it legitimately random? Uh, there's, there's two ways. Uh, the lower security way is to just collect chaos from the network okay. and collect entropy. You could do number of transactions, block times, latency, uh, how many tokens are in a particular state, what the state of the different block producers. There's a million ways to collect entropy from the network. So that's the easy way to do it. We thought the other way to do it, which is kind of cool, although it's more labor intensive because it requires two interactions from all the parties. But the the more complicated way to do it is everyone thinks of a number. And what we're going to do is like uh, hash those numbers together and then take the last digit 
but to do that, like the last person who announces their number as like he may, he may game the system. Mm-hmm. So you need to do two steps. First, you need to show a hash of the number you're going to tell. And then you say the actual number and then you smash them together and produce a random number. So that's, that's a cool approach that doesn't require collecting entropy. And, and we're going to have a product that does both. So you could choose. Oh, very cool. Well, that's uh, that will come in useful in ways that I'm sure we can't even imagine yet. So um, uh, that's, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, so you guys are doing the, um, you guys are doing some of the big projects like EOS jungle and the uh, EOS network monitor. And then um, you've helped build out a lot of the infrastructure that we're working on now. Um, what do you think that, so you guys are builders. Now, aside from building quality tools, what do you think really important things that, um, or maybe that's the number one, but what do you think that maybe the three top most important criteria that people should be looking for in block producers are? What's that, what sets them apart? Um, well, the, uh, you can't, well, the first criteria should sort of, is a little bit in opposition to your question because you need, you need a healthy diversity of skills. So, so you need the communicators, you need the builder, you need the internal communicators, you need the external communicators, you need the onboarders, you need the builders, mm-hmm. you need the supervisors, you need the, the bad guys who are going to be auditing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, everyone wants to be the, the archetypical sort of <laughs> the caregiver and say, yeah, you're great, you're great, you're great. But somebody needs to be the bad guy and say, no, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. So we need those kind of people too. Um, so the first thing I would say is just sort of diversity of skill sets and in addition to diversity of geography and, and everything else, uh, culture, diversity of technology. So that, that's the first one, diversity of, of almost everything. Uh, second one I would say is integrity. Um, 15 block producers can sign any transaction and make it valid. That is a shocking thing for many EOS holders to hear. I have told that to people and their first reaction was, I'm gonna, I need to sell all my EOS. But what it means to have a blockchain community under a constitution, it means that somebody needs to have authority to sign any transactions. And in EOS, if you didn't hear already, two thirds plus one block producers can sign any transaction and make that transaction happen, including taking anyone's tokens and sending them to anyone else. Very shocking to hear. But now that you've heard it, you know, prioritize integrity and as well as the ability to cooperate because block producers are working together to protect from security issues, stuff like that. So first is diversity. Second is character and third criteria. Gosh, there's so many things you could say. Third criteria is how about this? Third criteria is a skill. They need to be great at something. It could be great at external communication, communicating with the community. It could be good at internal communication, like communicating between the block producers, like uh, uh, Canada and and Dublin has been great that. External communication, New York has been stupendous. Uh, It could be great technical skill. It could be great product building. Yeah. So those those are my answers. Diversity of everything, integrity, being great at something. Great at governance. Governance is a big part of this. Great at uh, managing a enormous worker proposal system that's going to go into effect soon. Yep. And just to just to hit on it again, what would you say? How would you sum up the Crypto Lions' greatness? Where what is what is your guys's 
where you grade? Well, we do have a track record of being honest. And if you go to CryptoLions.org and look at the last bullet point under my bio, you will see a forum post from 2013 where I returned like 12 Bitcoins to investors when, from what I understand, nobody else did. It was a big exchange that shut down. Assets had been issued on it. So we, we have a, a history of that honesty and we have a good name in the community if you ask other people about us. So we've got that and, and we're builders. We're builders and entrepreneurs. That, that's our strength. We think, we think Bogdan, my co-founder, is also a DJ. <laughs> cool. uh, so we, we have that creative, creative streak and I think it came across more through him than through me. I think it came across in like just all the cool little flourishes that the Jungle Testnet was doing and, and maybe a little bit in this network monitor. So that, that's what we think of ourselves, but we need good media like you to sort of audit everyone's self-impression and, and tell us if we're wrong, to tell <laughs> us if we can improve somewhere. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, in, in my self-audit, and if you asked me what I thought was great, is the, the initial thing, the reason I started to interview you guys was because you guys are builders. And uh, my wife's up at the EOS Coding Boot Camp right now with Phil Messner. And uh, I was at the Tulip Conference in San Francisco talking to block producers. And Crypto Lions came up multiple times. People said, you need to interview Crypto Lions. They're doing, they're doing a lot of this um, work behind the scenes. So as builders, I think you guys have really built a name for yourself. Um, oh, that's wonderful to hear. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and, uh, and, and thank you guys. I mean, <laughs> you're building, you guys are doing EOS so that I can, you know, tittle around and, and do my thing on EOS. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it without people like you making things happen. So, um, and then when I dug in, I, I, I like the integrity aspect. I think that is one of the top, um, the top things people should look into for block producers and to, to, to go back to 2013 before there was some sort of uh, giant reputation on the line. Um, and hit on when you released your book and you sold portions for Bitcoin basically as securities in your in your book venture um, You were doing something entrepreneurial and cutting-edge using Bitcoin in 2013 to Securitize your book, which is awesome But then when that failed and a lot of people doing the same thing were able to just kind of run away with Bitcoin You, you gave it back to people um, Just because that's that just as a demonstration of integrity. So um you know, that's great. And that's before EOS was on the radar. That's before any of this was on the radar where people might do that now just to like say, hey, look, <laughs> you know, I have integrity. So, uh, so yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a good, that gives you some good social value. So, um, yeah, I think that's cool. And then I have a question. So you said diversity, character, and greatness. And uh, this diversity of skill sets has come up with multiple Brock producers. And I think it's a really valid point. Um, the part I have hard time wrapping my head around is how do we, get kind of the general voters to uh, be able to conceptualize or, you know, not many people are going to put down, I, I like this team because they have good social outreach. I like this good team because they're good leaders within the community. I like this team because they're good builders, etc. cetera. Uh, how do we get that type of diversity more well-known so people can, can actually vote that way? Well, uh, there's a delegation system that will eventually – that'll eventually come online. It's not working yet, but you know, you as a media personality, maybe, maybe you're on the, on the leading edge of this research and a lot of users will want to delegate their vote through you. That's certainly viable. So there, there are systems and coming in place that'll help with that. 
And I think, you know, rumors, rumors get around. Uh, they're false rumors too. We've already seen a few false rumors, but I think the, the true rumors sort of are, are more numerous and more powerful than the false ones. So, so yeah, it'll happen. And, and I'll, I reminded, I reminded Bogdan today, my co-founder, like, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but it's, it's already, it's already good enough. You know, he, he didn't, he, he was upset that we're, we're, I think, 41st last time I checked, but mm -hmm. we already have everything that we want. Uh, assuming that it doesn't get too much worse, we can cover our operating expenses easily, which we don't even need to do for another six months, but it looks like from right away, we'll be covering our operating statements. We have a good reputation and we're building cool stuff, and that is everything that we need and that. And it's good enough. It's not perfect, you know. There's maybe a few names in the top 21 that, that have not contributed that much. But, you know, did anybody really think there wouldn't be? Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, to some extent, like, it's surprising how, how little of a popularity contest it was. Like, I think there's a lot of good names up there, and the few that kind of popped in randomly uh, may... I'm hoping that it kind of shifts itself out. And that's the only other thing to consider is that, um, you know, we're kind of looking at this list of top 21 right now, but only 5% of votes are in for right. whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's who. Yeah. So nascent at this, at this time, like that, that'll have a lot of shifts coming. Um, and no, nobody's operating yet. We don't yeah. see how different teams manage budgets. We don't see how different teams keep costs down. We don't see who's reporting their operations transparently. Um, we don't we don't even see if everyone disclosed their owners yet. We we did that on Steamit. I know a few other teams did. I have no idea whether everyone did or did not, but I'm I'm sure a lot of people didn't. Which would be a vi if they don't do it soon. We're at let's see, we're at almost sixty percent. If they don't do it soon, and they start collecting block rewards, they're actually in violation of the block producer agreement. I gave everyone a big heads up on a conference call with 200 people that this needs to be done. So there's still so many questions to be answered. I, I hate that. The only thing I don't like about our project, the monitor, is that it, it kind of has the effect that Blockfolio had back in December and January where everyone was just checking their portfolio every 15 minutes, trying to get that hit of dopamine. Yeah. So I, I, the only thing I don't like is that some block producers are sort of checking this to see how they're doing, where when the more important thing now is just to put your head down and work. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny you say that because I was talking to a block producer yesterday in person and he was actually like pulled up his phone while we were talking and, and told me what number he was at. <laughs> so it was kind of funny how it is that, uh, definitely having that effect um interesting yeah so i think that um that's a, that's a great point that over time like w this is just who's going to launch the who's going to be at the initial launch um who's going to be the first 21 block producers but that's going to sort itself out real fast if if anyone starts missing blocks or anyone's not transparent or you know there's going to be a the, the, the game, if you will, is just beginning. And, and once the, you know, once it, once it starts, it's going to be, um, I think there's going to be a lot of self-correction. If, if any of these top 21 block producers aren't acting uh, correctly or aren't even doing a good enough job, I'm sure some block producer in the fifties is going to call them out and let people yeah, know, yeah. You know. So um, that'll be, that'll be a great dynamic. I think the incentives are going to be interesting to watch. Um, 
So. One cool change that was made to the allocation of block rewards was one that we were pretty actively involved with the discussion. Uh, and it, it was an issue uh, called the, the rewards cliff that from 21st place to 22nd, there's a sharp drop off of rewards because they were initially allocating 50% for block production and 50% for rewards. Okay. And that, that, that caused a cheap, a steep drop off and the, concern raised was that it would create a lot of bad behavior and a lot of sort of weaselly backstabbing, you know, just to get it across that cliff. So the, the change that they made was they made the block production itself less important. It's now only 25% and they made the votes more important, 75%. So if there's a pretty even distribution of votes, the cliff is going to be pretty small, which is an interesting philosophical sort of change. Yeah, that is. I, I, I like that. I think that's a good idea. Um, because that, you know, imagine me at number 23, they're going to be, you know, fighting tooth and nail and trying to basically bring down <laughs> number 21 yeah. or anyone ahead of them. Whereas if it's a, you know, if it's a more, um, if it's a, it's, it's a less steep curve, then you're going to have less yeah. incentive to be doing that. And also and I it think incentivizes backup people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, we need a healthy backup community. And I think the, the community wants and needs a healthy competition between the VPs. That's only good for the community, but only if it's healthy, because the community also needs the VPs to coordinate very carefully on security issues and on, you know, on arbitration issues and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, one of my favorite channels is the is the EOS Gov, and I think that's a the arbitration, and that's really what is going to set EOS apart, like on a whole different a different level. It's this it's this in between of the old way that government has worked so poorly, and the new Bitcoin immutable, slow moving, can't can't do much, um, can't can't move nimbly. I think this is the EOS is an interesting um, experiment with that in between there. Um, that's that's going to be going to be cool to see. So you mentioned something about that. I want to ask you a question about, you said that the 15, as you, as people know, 15 block producers can sign any transaction. Now say somehow that happened at some point is the, is the fail safe for that? Basically just a hard fork where the rest of the community gets together and said, you know, these guys were bad actors. They somehow got 15 block producers together, stole a bunch of funds, but we're hard forking and, uh, you know, and going back a block. Is that how that would work? Or what's that look like if that scenario played out? Uh, yeah, it's, first of all, it's extremely unlikely that, you know, even if they are, let's say, bad people behind 15 block producers, which right away seems unlikely. I'm really impressed with the quality of people here. But let's say that 15 block producers are extremely selfish and, and short-sighted. Um, if they steal a bunch of funds, let's say from the worker proposal system, which might be a half, half billion dollars a year. So 15 block producers drain the worker proposal funds, sell as much as they can, on exchanges, convert to fiat, crash the price while doing so, and then run away and never touch EOS again. Uh, fork, I think, I think that's cause for a fork, or we just get a bunch of new block producers and we reverse those transactions, but then the exchanges take a hit. Mm -hmm. This is the whole stolen property, what happens if I deal with stolen property? 
but I think those are those are the options that'll be on the table. Either reverse the transactions and maybe give the exchanges a hit if they convert it to fiat, or oh, forgot. There's a huge failsafe against this. Those transactions that are signed by 15 block producers, they either have to wait for 30 days or 90 days. So that's another protect measure of protection against this sort of behavior. Was you know, if it's any meaningful amount of money, red flags will be popping up like crazy. Oh, that's that, well, that's a great failsafe. That's you know, yeah. and so I think the just to put people's minds more at ease is that there's always a you know a a, a tail chance that something might happen. But um, first, the incentives are built so well that it's it's a huge risk when the top block producer is already you know in a good spot it's a huge risk for them to take right uh and then there's this this buffer period of of a month or more possibly that um where these transactions can't you can't be changed in the fiat without uh so yeah that that's it's really a long shot uh for that to for that something like that to be happening so i wouldn't <laughs> no reason to fud over it i will will say um yeah what um what else what else would you like to add as far as crypto alliance go goes and and um and what else you guys up to? Uh, we're doing a lot of behind the scenes work to just build a big organization underneath us. It's been a two and a half man show. It's now sort of a five person show, but uh, we we're thrilled to have uh, have what seems like a good reputation and, and a lot of support. And like we're you know we're going from sort of a startup working in a garage to like opening our office and in where Bogdan and I are in different cities and uh, in um, next month in July in two weeks I'm going over there we're going to open an office I'm going to look for an apartment I'm moving my family there so it's a lot of infrastructure stuff getting put in place now for the community it's jungle test net network monitor uh, active per active help in the governance and worker proposal design and uh, some really cool dApps and a couple more that I'm not ready to announce, but yep, that, that's who we are. And good cooperation with everybody. At least that, that's what it seems like. Again, I, it's important for media like you to be the control on, uh, on block producers talking nonsense about themselves. So <laughs> please check all my yeah. statements. All right. We'll, we'll send it through the fact checker. We need that truth, uh, that truth dap up sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, something I wanted to hit on. Well, first, the, what you say about media is this is, it's like this is a, a burgeoning time where maybe maybe these people on YouTube are kind of what media was used to be back in the day where we're supposed to be a check and we're supposed to ask questions and actually see who these people are and if they're telling the truth. And media got so far away from that, I haven't even considered yeah. it, that us YouTube people, I'm just, I just do this because I'm so interested in EOS and I want to push the space forward. But uh, we have a responsibility as well as, as YouTubers to put legit information out because a lot, a lot of people, this is where they're getting their information about block producers. So, um, And that's a real thing. Like, it, it's really easy for product people like us to be like, oh, we don't do marketing. The, you know, the real people will find us and appreciate us. No, that, that's not true at all. The real people are busy. They have yeah. jobs. They have responsibilities. They, maybe they have families, mortgages, whatever. They are busy. Mm -hmm. Communication is, is a real thing. And, and the fact that we haven't done that much of it is not something that I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're, we'll, fix, we'll fix that in the future. 
but it's not, I don't want to talk down to like, oh, we don't do marketing. Like that yeah. marketing is a real thing. And, and the way I look at it is it's like being courteous to busy people and yeah. giving them relevant, accurate information. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that given the times, I think that you front loaded crypto lines with so much ground level coding work uh, is important. And the, now, now the marketing can kind of follow you guys kind of led with the code. So, um, you know, that's appreciated. Um, another, another thing that a lot of people talk about is the actual hardware that goes into running a BP. And a lot of, um, it sounds like a lot of the BPs, what they're going to do is use something like Amazon web services initially to, to figure out what the load's going to be like and then build out the hardware. Um, how's crypto lions approaching that? Uh, we're using bare metal servers. I was going to say in undisclosed locations in Europe, but anybody can just go look at our bp.json file and see that it's Finland and Germany. So mm -hmm. Finland and Germany are, uh, we have nodes there and we were audited and verified by the very well-respected hacker group Hacken. Uh, it's also a, a Ukrainian based hacker group that is organized around their own cryptocurrency, the Hacken token. And we've been working very closely with them. So we're, we're very confident. Uh, you are, I think you're speaking from sort of the debate that played out over the last week. Uh, we are pro bare metal servers, but we're against this movement that's against Amazon servers. I think the most anti-fragile community has a healthy mix of both. And I don't know what the correct ratio is, but I do know that Amazon and Azure and guys like that, they, they do have some security measures that are hard to emulate on bare metal servers. So if 10% or 20% or I, I don't know what the right number is of block producers are using that, I think that is better than if nobody was using them. So I, I, I don't like this little bit of a witch hunt, it seems to me, a little bit of a self-serving witch uh -huh. hunt. Yeah. Pro, pro bare metal, but I'm against, uh, I'm against this, this movement that everyone who's using AWS is wrong. Although we should check the ratio. I don't know what the ratio is. If it is a majority, then maybe the movement against them is justified. But if it's like a, already less than a third, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And if any of the uh, people watching this want to go through maybe the top 30 block producers and, and kind of give a number on what it looks like where we're at with bare metal versus Amazon, that might be something interesting. Just as much transparency as possible. Um, and I agree with you. Amazon has a website. AWS has a lot of good tools and is, is really effective. And so it's kind of, it's kind of funny to just completely shun them when that's a very viable option. Um, the thing yep. we don't want is the entire EOS relying on it. Um, it's a long shot. Amazon's incentivized to, to let EOS run nicely, but uh, you never know. So, um, and what, what the community gets for that, in addition to the additional protection of AWS, what the community gets is lower costs. Some VPs get to spend more money on media, on outreach, on, on producing cool dApps, on sponsoring hackathons. That's what we get for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if there's backup, there's all these backup block producers and things like that. It, it's, it seems like kind of a, like you said, a witch hunt. It is kind of a long shot that, um, all everyone's going to be using AWS and they're going to do something nefarious and bring the chain down. I mean, that's, that's the fear, but that is such a, um, you know, with there's, there's already plenty of bare metal groups out there that are, that are, you know, 
basically protecting against that happening including um, us in, including crypto alliance so uh but that's really commendable that you guys put the uh time effort and work into into building out your bare metal um servers so you know thank you for doing that as well um i have a, a fun question for you here um roman i would like to know about uh, drinking tea with warlords. What, what <laughs> I read in one of your posts, I know that you did um, three tours to Afghanistan and you had, you know, you've done a lot of, you've had a lot of military experience. Um, and one of the things you mentioned was drinking tea with warlords and you have some of these kind of, uh, or playing volleyball with um, ambassadors or something like that. What, what kind of, what kind of story do you have around that? Well, I think we're, we're already on here for 40 minutes. Uh, all right. Well, I, I did good. I did good in my youth. You know, I, I was finishing a computer science degree at Stanford University in March of 2000, March of 2000, when the, which is the NASDAQ stock exchange was at its height, when my classmates were getting hired for six figure starting salaries. Uh, I joined the military. I did it out of adventure, out of gratitude to America. My parents fled communism. I was very happy that, that we went to America and did so well there. Um, I joined the military uh, and I, I did one tour in Iraq, two in Afghanistan. What it did was turn me into a libertarian and I brought a shirt here. I yes. voted for Ron Paul. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I, I have that experience under my belt. Six years in the military, not a very good use of a computer science degree, but, uh, but a, lot of, a lot of great perspective. And if anybody wants to, to dig deep into sort of, uh, I, I got pretty disillusioned about it. Uh, though I kind of believe in the institution, but, but not in those wars. But it, if you want to sort of get, get to know my thinking, do an internet search for my name and New York Times, and I have a series of essays that were published in there. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, and I think a lot of the, some of the OS community appreciates the, the libertarian point of the view and, and just this general idea of personal freedom and um, is, is really strong. It's a really strong thread through cryptocurrency and EOS in general. And um, so I just wanted to hit on that because I think people will appreciate getting to know a little bit about that, about you, that you're coming from a, you know, place where uh, thanks for your military service as well, because um, people out you out there with, you know, authenticity, integrity going out and, um, you know, being a part of what they believe in is there not a lot of people are like that and then to have your kind of transformation into a libertarian and um this this focus that you have now of kind of pushing the entire eos community forward it's a um, very commendable thing that you're thing that you're doing so uh that's well, appreciated I, I appreciate that i actually got paid my uh my first bitcoin in 2012 when i was writing for a pretty radical libertarian online magazine and the, the editor, after my first article, the, the editor said, do you want Bitcoin or dollars? And I looked at Bitcoin, thought it was really cool, but I was really busy. And I was like, just send 20 bucks to my PayPal. And he did. And then for my second article, he said, listen, Roman, I'm not doing fiat anymore. I hate fiat. You have to take Bitcoin. So I was like, God damn it. I have to figure this new thing out. And I set up my Bitcoin wallet and I received like seven and a half Bitcoin. Oh, that's great. <laughs> which was that's, worth 20 bucks that, yeah that's amazing the most uh maybe one of the most important uh transactions and articles you ever wrote huh <laughs> that's yep. cool that is cool um well 
thank you so much for coming on um, and everyone check out Crypto Lions. Where can they find Crypto Lions and then where can they find uh, more about you? What, what are the best sites to find that at? It all starts on CryptoLions.io. Okay, CryptoLions.io and then down the rabbit hole from there. Um, well, it's great to have you on, um, Roman, and I look forward to touching base with you in the future after this kind of pans out a little bit and see where Crypto Lions is at. Thank you so much, Brandon. All right, cheers, Roman. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is just a